You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Michael! I get no kick from champagne! Are you singing some other old-timey music that you're going to be mad at me for not knowing, but it's really obscure and no one will have anyone any clue who it is you're singing? No alcohol's gonna thrill me at all, but I get a kick out of you. Do you really not know that song? Holy jumping. Who sings that song? Frank Sinatra. Oh, we should probably keep it that way. Oh. All righty then. <laughs> well then, um, Andre has just youngified himself even more than usual. And yeah. I have, I guess, marked myself as a Frank Sinatra fan. I think everyone's a Frank Sinatra fan. Obviously not. Oh yeah, I'm sorry that I don't know every Frank Sinatra song. I get a kick out of you. It's a Cole Porter classic. Okay, let, let, what are we doing today? Oh, uh, all right. So I figured, um, why not, since we are at things that people don't know much about, um, Gewürztraminer might be an interesting little... Um, I love Gewürztraminer. I love Gewürztraminer from Ontario. I, I, I love the fact that it usually has a little bit less texture than what we get from Alsace, not quite as much sugar as you get from Germany, and it just it keeps it food friendly, but I, I know that like Gewürztraminer took a big hit from the winter kill winters, which are now almost a decade ago. But I but I mean Gewürztraminer is one of those wines that people don't like to say. Uh yeah, it's like, don't know what it tastes like. Uh like it when they do taste it. Can't pick out any flavors in it. Uh, it's mostly on the sweeter side for most people. Um, and it's like you're talking about me, Michael. But hard I, to pronounce name, hard to spell name, kind of sweet. People have a hard time talking about the taste. I mean, it's me. It's me in grape form. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we have, <laughs> come on. That was a good one. We have two from Alsace. And we, do. we have one from Ontario. We do. The Alsatians are quite young. One's a 2020, one's a 2019. And the uh, Ontario is almost 11 years old. I think it is 11 years old. Well, and let's see how it ages because I think the one thing, when I, when I speak to winemakers about Gewürztraminer, and uh, I know Dave from Featherstone is one of them who works quite handily with Gewürztraminer, and I love Phoenix. Yep. Uh, their Gewürztraminer that has come back from the dead and is now, I think, back on par with what it was prior to the... I think it's getting even better, so that's just the way it is. But, I mean, he has complained about... Not complained. He has educated me about the difficulty with maintaining acid in Gewürztraminer in Ontario because the climate's warm, warmer here than Alsace. And and I would assume uh, Austria and, and uh, Germany. Yeah. So um, we're going to we're going to actually start with the younger ones to okay, try and pick out the the flavors from Gewürztraminer. Now, one of the things that I always pick up uh, or people pick up first of all is rose petal, which is one of the main characteristics of Gewürztraminer. And the other one, I always get thrills gum in a good one. Please tell me you know what thrills gum is. I, I do, but it's not a pleasant smell for me, so my mind doesn't go there. I, I do get the rose petal, but. Um... I, I know I've talked about it before on the podcast, but something I, I used to do 
living in the neighborhood I did in Toronto was I had a very good fruit stand just north of me at Young and Bell Size uh, called Fanfare Flowers, where the owner would bring in all sorts of tropical fruits, uh, lychee, guava, like any given day I would go in there and I would just talk to the owner about what the fruit is, what they tasted like. And I felt it was something that I would just add more tasting notes to my arsenal because I remember very early in my writing career how everyone talks about gooseberry as a classic tasting note for um, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. But how many people have actually gone and sought out gooseberries to eat them? And it's just like, that's a very good point. Um, and I've been very careful that when I write a tasting note, I make sure it's flavors that I'm, I've I tasted guess. and that I have experience with, which is why, you know, I love Gamay often, especially Ontario Gamay often has elements of Saskatoon berry to me, but I don't put that in my tasting notes very often because most people in Ontario haven't tasted a Saskatoon berry. You maybe taste one once. Yeah, I wouldn't do it again. Um, so, see, I get that rose petal in this, uh, and this is, uh, what is this one? This is the Pierre Spar, just plain old 2020 Gewurztraminer. And I get that thrills gum, but you know what the thrills gum is? Does, uh, people don't may not realize what it's gum the, that smells like soap. Correct, but do you know what the actual flavoring is in thrills gum? A uh, urinal cake? No, but good choice. Lavender. <laughs> okay, gum. that's actually really really funny because um, I actually don't like the scent of lavender. Like I won't let Anya bring lavender into the house. She's gone into flowers and and whatever because to me lavender just smells like. Urinal Old lady cake. soap. I hate to say it. That urinal way. cake. Okay, but it's. Um, I found that out by going once to a lavender farm. Walked in and I started laughing. I'm like, "Why do they have thrills gum on the counter?" And the lady said, "Because it's it's flavors of lavender. It used to be. Now this is a long time ago. It used to be the smoker's gum because, because it, it would cover up cover up the uh, the smell of smoke. There is a nice intensity to this. It's it's very very floral. Um, it is. It's rose petal lavender, unfortunately. But also for me, like one of my favorite treats is uh, lychee. Have you have you ever? Yeah, bu- yeah, yeah I've had a lychee. And this is very, very on the palate. Intensely more. lychee. Yeah, more yeah. on the palate than on the nose. The nose is floral. On the palate, it's used more tropical. And I'm also getting um, mango. Hmm. Well, this this one's quite intense to me. Very, very intense. As far as Gewurztraminer flavors go. Like, uh, I know that you're making uh, egg roll in a bowl for dinner tonight. I am. You're going to spice yours up. I that am. Might be a nice wine to go with your uh, spicy roll bowl. Yeah. And, and you know, it's another thing, I guess, let, let's dissect a little bit about uh, about wine writing. It's another thing that kind of irks me. Not kind of. It irks me about wine writing when I read tasting notes for uh, Riesling and Gewurztraminer. And, and I realize I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because one thing that drives me nuts is when you read the back of like a bottle of Sancerre or a, a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Like, hey, let's just keep picking on New Zealand. That's fun. And it's got like such a specific food pairing where it's just like, will pair well with pistachio encrusted loin of lamb served with baby potatoes and green beans. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that is you totally had me green beans. That is totally what I was planning on cooking tonight. But on the other side, you know, I think for Alsatian wines, for Riesling, for Gewurztraminer, I think it's lazy to just throw Asian cuisine out there. And I, I know I've been guilty of that in the past um, because Asia is a hell of a large place and Japanese, Korean, Thai, Vietnamese cuisine are all different. And surely as writers, we can do better to come up with more specific food suggestions than just to lump an entire continent into one place that we can pair wine with. I would agree with that, but don't call me Shirley. All right, so 
We are now looking at a Wilm. I, I was more hoping that you would suggest like a specific food, a specific food pairing. Like I know the, I know that the, this converts. I'm actually looking forward to tasting. We just finished recording the old uh, Riesling podcast where we tasted older Riesling. I'm actually really excited to seeing how all of these wines are going to pair with egg roll in a bowl, which is um, a North American inspired take on Asian Asian cuisine. Like really, all you're missing is the is the egg roll wrapper. Wrapper, yeah. So it's like ground pork. Um, Go back into some older episodes. I actually, give the give the recipe out, but it's it's traditional Asian flavors like garlic, ginger, soy, sesame oil, and then uh, fried cabbage. I keep some cabbage reserved so that you get the crunch with it. We're gonna be throwing some peanuts in there, which is definitely not a real Chinese inspiration to it. But no, that's more uh, Thai, isn't it? Yeah, so we're getting a few bits of inspiration to it. But the thing is, I think these wines are all all going to be a good match for egg roll in a bowl. So this is Wilm Gewürztraminer 2019 Reserve. I don't know what makes a wine a reserve in Alsace. I don't know if you do. Uh, and if not, you know what? If somebody wants to come and educate us on that, uh, like Ooh. the Alsatians, if they want to you know, invite us out and uh, let us taste some wine and they can educate us completely on uh, an Alsatian wine, I would... Uh, is I'd... it normal to get pet... To get petrol, to get gasoline on Gewürz. Not that I know of. I have never, I've never experienced petrol on a Gewürz. I think there is a hint of something um, industrial on the nose that will evolve into more industrial down the road. Hmm. Hmm. That being said, the, the texture of this one, the Wilm Gewürztraminer Reserve, is very nice on the back palate. I don't. I, it's not as intense as the Pierre Spar. Like mm-hmm. that lavender is is not mm. as pronounced. The rose petal is not as pronounced. I don't think the lychee and the mango and the guava I are think, pronounced. I think it is on the palate. I think the floral notes are more muted on the palate. But I think this is more rounded. It is round. It's the, round the, on the palate. Yes, but the flavors are also rounded. Like it's it's a circular. It's circular how I feel on the palate. I'm actually getting a lot of tangerine on mm-hmm. the mid palate. But it's not pure tangerine. It's it's tangerine with a pineapple in its left hand and a lychee in the right hand. And they're all dancing in a circle. Singing like, oh, this is what happens when we get along nicely and we're singing in a circle. There is there is an interesting note to this Gewürztraminer. And I don't think we've ever talked Gewürztraminer on the podcast. I don't think so either. Ever. This could be, a, this is a first in five plus years we're talking Gewürztraminer. But it's nice to go down this path because... I, we don't taste a lot of Gewürztraminer. Even coming through the LCBO when we did LCBO tastings, how many Gewürztraminers did we get? Maybe three or four a year that actually came through? I always made a note of tasting them because I do love these wines. But, okay, thanks for reminding me. At the end of the last podcast, we talked about you have more Riesling in your cellar than you can drink, which is why we're happy to revisit the old wines. And, frankly, it, it's become quite academic. Like, I look forward to when we raid your cellar to do that. When you suggested doing you, you suggested doing a podcast on Gewürztraminer on the one wine that you brought from Strun, and I was just like, "Don't worry, Michael, I got you. I have some Gewürztraminer in my cellar." And and um, uh, full disclosure, the Pierre Spar and the Wilm were sent to me for an Alsatian tasting late last year, but my wife doesn't drink Gewürztraminer, and Gewürztraminer from Alsace, the alcohol's a little high, thirteen percent. And to be perfectly blunt, I generally don't make a habit of opening a bottle of wine to drink all by myself. What? I know. <laughs> Crazy, right? Uh, responsible consumption. What the hell's that? Oh, uh, you're driving anywhere. 
Um, but I mean, these ended up in the in the cellar because my wife doesn't enjoy the florality of Gewurztraminer. The florality, I think. I think compared to to Riesling, um, Gewurztraminer has higher alcohol to begin with, and 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 I'm not and saying, lower acid. And I'm I'm not saying that it's it's usually huge. But we're looking still at, at an average wine of 13, 13.5% in both of these wines. From a which, cool growing region. Which is, which is pretty normal for, for wine. Like that's, that's a medium, theoretically medium bodied, straight on glass of wine. This, now this is the Gewurztraminer from Strun, part of their terroir series, which means it's, it's from their own vineyard. Okay. So it's VQA Niagara and Lake, 2011. Okay. Uh, the alcohol on it is uh, 12.7, 11, a cool vintage. Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't have a lot of Gewurztraminer in the cellar. This kind of found its way into the Riesling bag, and I kind of noticed that it was Gewurztraminer. And After I kind the of fact. no, well, I put it in there, and then I said, wait a second. I took another look at it because it didn't look like it said Riesling on the label, and Gewurztraminer is quite a different word obviously. And I went, maybe that might be interesting. Uh, it smells really funky. <laughs> it's like cat pee and pink grapefruit. I'm, I'm not trying to be pejorative. Like it's, I think it could just be like a pyrazine situation here. All right, here we go. Hmm. Well, I'm disappointed by that because I'm getting like nothing on the palate. It is almost like just pure water that's been sitting out for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like it's been sitting out on the counter or, or one you've had in a plastic bottle oh, by the go. bed oh, for three on. days. There's like very little there. Yeah, I can't. Maybe a little ginger. Maybe. I'm trying to get some floral notes, but I couldn't no. tell if the floral notes were lingering from the will. No, there's... Okay, I, I, I'm sure this wine probably tasted fine when you bought it, but the age has done nothing to it. Yeah, so I don't know. It, does does Gewurztraminer age according to us and what we have tasted? Well, that's not, one wine, so not, we don't know. Not necessarily. Not, not 10 years. How about that? Not 10 years. Okay, I'm going back to the Wilms so we can... Um, End on a, a high note? Do our, our Jerry Springer final thoughts here. Okay, we've only been talking for 15 minutes. I know we were joking when we were getting the wines out that we were going to do... It's a, a short sh- podcast on, on a long, long name. name wine, yeah. So, I, and I think that's fine. I mean, we only had three wines here. Um, Gewurztraminer. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a popular wine. It's even less popular than Riesling. Yep. Um, I, I was actually. I was thinking it, and you said it. Where it's just like if if Riesling has an identity problem. If Riesling has an issue getting the respect it deserves in the market, what does that mean for Gewurztraminer? I, you can't even pronounce it. Like when, half half of the people don't uh, don't even make it anymore. I I don't see it on a lot of shelves. Well, it, it, it's like I said. I, I know with the winter kill, I think a lot of people bre- breathe this, a sigh of relief and replanted it with, kinda, with something else in Niagara, kind of like Bordeaux did when Carmenere got Phylloxera. Interesting. Oh, good comparison. Um, that being said, if, if if I know some people who work for the LCBO listen to this, if if you are a product consultant or someone who works customer service at at the LCBO, if someone could let me know, when's the last time someone came in and said, "Excuse me, I would like a bottle of Gewurztraminer," I would really like to know what that interaction looked like and what they what they suggested. 
That would be another interesting. Do well, you I mean, go, the you will go both- Ontario, and is there an Ontario one to go for? Or do you just immediately walk over to Alsace or Germany and hope to God you find one there? Hmm. I really like the texture of this Wilm. Yeah, I think it's a little a little nicer. I, I like that it's a little more muted than the Spar. Yeah. Uh, and that, I think, uh, gives it a, a little more drinkability. Whereas the Spar is like I am drinking uh, a bowl, like the water from a bowl of flowers. After they've been sitting there for a while, and the petals have fallen into it, uh, that the, is that is a beautiful note, Michael. The Wilm has got a little more texture, uh, a little more flavor. The the Wilm is just it's her, it's harmonious. I think I do like an unruly Gewurztraminer. There's I a like it, spice in there too. There is, I, I, but I like it when Gewurztraminer is out there when the florality is obnoxious. I know I used the word obnoxious in the last podcast to talk about the Taz. Riesling in the hot vintage, but I I do like it when it's like right out there and in your face with the unapologetic florality and tropical notes. Um, that being said, like the Wilm Reserve here, it's it's just it's, it's harmony. It's it's got something to it that is just not smooth because it does play on the palate. That spicy nature is starting to come out, but I really do kind of enjoy that muted florality, and that I think is what I'm enjoying most about it. The strewn is a hot mess. But I don't think. Cool, it, I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's. It's Mark's it's a, fault that it is. I think it's more the age. Oh, that was that, that was that. not Mark at all. I don't think an eleven. I have to believe. Really? That's, I think it's Joe Wills, and I can't blame him either. It's a hard wine to make, and I don't think it's meant to age. As far as I know, if somebody wants to come out and say, "Look, I can give you a, a, a good bottle of aged Gewurztraminer. You got one in your cellar some somewhere." Well, you know here's what? the real question. Here's the real question. Give us a Do shot. you think the Gewurztraminer would have been better if it had been a Passamentoed? No! I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. You can follow me on social media at AndreWineReview. Um, rather than drag this out longer than it needs to be, this has been our brief introduction. It's a short podcast on a wine with a long name. Um, and Patreon.com slash Two Guys Talking Wine. We appreciate the support that we do get. Thank you very much for helping to make this podcast possible. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. This was interesting. I think we should delve maybe a little deeper Me at too. some point. Uh, if somebody is really a proponent... Chateau Charm makes good Gewurztraminer. We've mentioned Featherstone a couple of times. I'm trying to think who else is out there that, that makes Gewurztraminer that makes me excited. I don't, well, mm. Flat Rock makes a little bit of it, but not a lot. Oh, but, I, I wonder if they have any in, in components that are separate they might be able to even give oh, us a tank would. sample of. That would be fun. So if you, okay, let's if work you, on it. If let's you see. have Gewurztraminer yeah, kicking around, you want to you know showcase a little more hmm. Gewurztraminer, show it, give it a little spotlight. Does, uh, does a friend of the podcast, Mister Byfield, not experiment with Gewurztraminer in some of his um, I blends? Think he, I think he blends it, but that would be interesting too. But that means he gets it from somewhere. Someone's got to do something with it. it okay, it, Gewurztraminer ends up. It, I know we've gone on, uh, off from our from our closing, but I mean Gewurztraminer ends up in more blends than uh, than it ends up in a straight one. Oh, that means Stratus as well. Anybody who's growing Gewurztraminer is usually blending it away. Okay, okay, okay. Now we're off, way off base. Uh, wrap it up, Michael. The Grape Guy on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Michael Pinkus Wine Review on uh, Facebook. Andre, I'm looking forward to your egg roll in a bowl. Not sure what I'm drinking with it, but good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little. 